I don't know if anyone can even hear me right now because uh, everything is kind of a mess where I am. Um, I tried to go live with my laptop, but it said that it couldn't find a camera, so I don't actually know uh, what's going on. Um, for the love of God, please show me the chats. There we go. So that's good. Um, so I'm going to do this sort of informal style of just using my camera um, on my phone to do this um, because I'm realistically uh, not good at this at all in terms of um, knowing how to podcast or doing anything that's technological. Um, oh, good. You guys can hear me? Good, good. Um, so yeah, uh, let me... Um, Oh, hi, Nick. Welcome to the stream. All right. Um, let's see. Let me move around so I can get into like more of a comfortable position than what I'm in. Um, so yeah. Uh, good evening, everyone. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, joining me, you know, um, and my pistachios back here because um, I'm putting a hold on dinner for the moment to talk to you guys a bit about what's going on with me. Um, yeah, so I've, I came to the decision. I almost don't want to say decision because it was more of an idea that I came to Brian with last week to the effect of if I could potentially sell Betty and what I could possibly do to get that going. Um, and a lot of what I came to was not out of no longer wanting the car, but out of the very pragmatic rec recognition that I can't really afford the car anymore because everything is sort of going wrong with it. I'm in a continuous state of having to take her into the shop all the time, which sets back my finances considerably. And I understand that's going to be the case with any sort of beater, anything that's older than a certain number of years. And my issue is that I know it's a total pipe dream to get anything even remotely reasonable over the 3000 that I hope to save up over the next three months. But I think I'm at a point where I am struggling to justify continuing to own it. And I mean, it makes me sad because I wanted to hold on to this car forever, but it, I can't justify it when there are months where, you know, rent is kind of hard, uh, you know, and other expenses are hard. I mean, I have medical expenses, you know, student loans, all this other stuff that needs my attention that I can't afford to give to a car right now. And realistically, I mean, if I'm being honest, I mean, I don't know that I can guarantee that the 3000 I save over the next three months potentially would even necessarily go towards a car right away just because I have so many other things that are more immediate and pressing that I need to take care of first and that I don't have the ability to take care of now. And I don't want to go into a place where I'm asking fans to help me to do this, that, and the other thing. I don't want anybody to buy me a car. I don't want anybody to feel like they're responsible for me, but 
I'm also in a position where I'm struggling to feel like the adult I need to be. And I think in every aspect of my life, I try to take care of the people that I love and take care of the things that I love. And I think moving on from Betty is an extension of that, of finding a way to take care of the people I love because I haven't been able to for the past few months. I, I feel like I've been emotionally absent. I've been in a very strange headspace, I suppose, um, as my sort of mental health has kind of deteriorated. But I mean, you guys have helped keep it together. A lot of you have, um, because I know that I'm not, I know that I'm not the easiest person to know, I suppose, that I'm not the easiest person to follow in a way, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't upload RCR stories as much as I would like to. Um, I don't know. I feel like my writing is kind of deteriorated a little bit, although I have had moments that I've been very proud of. Um, and I'm trying not to let my mental health get me to a point where I'm spiraling. And an extension of that would be to get a car that I'm not constantly having anxiety about of like, is this the day that another check engine light comes on and like, I can't afford it. I want to be able to take care of the people I love and to put them before me. And doing that means I just want something practical. I just, that's all, you know, I don't want to be a burden. But again, I keep coming back to the realization that whatever I save there are extenuating circumstances, like unless I can, I um, unless I can just get a car all in one shot, have it over with and not have to think about it. You know, like if somebody wanted to buy Betty for like five grand somehow, like it, it's impossible. I doubt I would even get like 1500 for her. But if somebody wanted to, like that would be amazing because then I would just be able to, um, like go and get another car and just plop it down and I own her outright because I don't want to finance anything. I don't want to do that. And, but I recognize that there are times where I, I need to put other things first. While it would be nice to get a different car, I have to put other things first and make sure that the people who need taken care of are taken care of. And so, and that includes me too, you know? I, I, I wish that I could say that Betty is in this amazing condition that justifies a price above 1500. And I mean, I have put so much money into this car, at least five, like 20 grand over its life, I would think. 
wait, no, 20 grand is too high, but I have put a lot. Um, and I, I don't know. I, um, I think part of it is wanting to get to a point where in the automotive community, like I'm, I'm kind of understood as what I am, which is a guy who isn't always great with cars, a guy who's not always great with being on top of things. And, but that I try that I have the, the attempt at a noble effort, you know, that people kind of view what I do and recognize that I'm giving them as much of me as I can, but that in the trade-off, I can't always give as much to my life as I want to, because I do have to hustle to make the money to afford to live a life. And in the trade-off, I keep coming back to that phrase, but I guess what I'm saying is this is why I don't ask for like Patreon money or anything like that, because that's not, that's not what you guys are here for. You're here to be entertained. Like my, my struggles don't, are, are not included in the price of admission. Um, but there's a lot of, I think I'm trying to ascertain what it is about my, I, I'm in therapy. I got a new therapist. It's great. I feel so hopeful, so optimistic for the first time in a really long time with a therapist. And one of the things that I'm recognizing is that I apparently, or at least that she's noticing in me is that I don't feel that I deserve things. And so I, I think when RCR really sort of took off, um, there was a lot of guilt involved because there's no reason really that I should have success. There, there's this weird guilt that goes with it. Like, yes, I did do the work. I have done the work, but there's also a recognition of my privilege in a way. Like, yes, okay, as a Puerto Rican male growing up without a father, and with, uh, I was raised by my mother and my grandmother and my father's best friend, who was a gay hairdresser, wonderful, wonderful man. And I had the privilege of a very heartfelt upbringing, but by the same token, I was not raised with a whole lot of, I suppose what you would say is practical advice for adulthood. And, um, and I don't have harbor any resentment against my family for that. None whatsoever. And I don't want it to sound like I am. I'm just stating that like financial literacy, adult literacy, that was never really a big thing for me growing up. And because I assumed I would never have anything 
I had dreams, you know, but I didn't think that I would actually realize them. The only dream that I had growing up was to be a writer, to pay the bills writing. And then that happened. And I didn't know how to deal with it. Like I, I got Betty in one shot for $4,400 um, with money that I earned from a paycheck writing for a TV show. It was one season of a TV show. Um, and I thought this is the greatest thing in the world because I didn't think in a million years anyone would ever pay to read something that I wrote or pay me to write something for other people to consume. And in that, I had a high. You know, I remember, I know a lot of people don't like Steve Harvey, um, but when I was growing up, he was one of my favorite stand-up comedians. And one of the things he said that really stuck with me was that people don't know about my past. People don't know that I didn't have a car in my own name till I was 38. And here I was at like 31 and I finally had a car in my name. And I was like so happy about that. Like it was completely mine. Nobody, I wasn't borrowing a car from somebody. I wasn't leasing or nothing. It was just like completely and totally mine. Um, and I know I'm rambling, I know. Um, but it's, it's, it's understanding that I, it's recognizing, and I keep saying recognizing and understanding, but it's something that I have come to accept is that good things are temporary. It's, it's um, good things are ephemeral, but so are bad things. Um, I have a line in a review coming up um, that I wrote that I don't know if Brian's actually going to use it, but it's kind of a review closer, which is that it's, it's kind of like weirdly philosophical. Um, Oh God, how did I phrase it? it was, okay, so it's, things can always be better, so be thankful. But things could always be worse, so be thankful. And that's what I want to be. I want to have gratitude in every aspect of my life. And that means that when my car goes, that I'm not, bitter. I'm not cynical. I, I'm grateful and thankful for the years that I had with the car and wanting to move on to something that maybe isn't as eye-catching, if you can even say that my car was eye-catching, but something that I can live with and that I can, you know, when I go out that, you know, my girlfriend doesn't have to worry that I'm going to break down somewhere, which was a very real possibility and happened two weeks ago. Um, so, all right, I suppose I should stop being um, philosophical and self-deprecating and go to the Super Chats because I see that we have some from some very wonderful people. 
and who I'm very thankful to have here. So Evan P, $5, says, no shame in driving something practical. A real car guy isn't defined by what he drives, but how enthusiastic they are about cars as a whole. Well, I really appreciate that. Um, and I agree. I, oh, who just made the tweet about, oh, I forget offhand, but it was to the effect that it was an automotive writer on Twitter to the effect of how, you know, you can love cars and resent car culture um, or a car dependent society. And um, I, I love car culture because it's so diverse and unique in so many different facets, but by the same token, you know, maybe in a perfect world, we'd have high speed rail or, and other things that limit our requirement for cars. But I like the idea that car guys are defined in different ways, that there's no one big universal um, signifier for what a car guy is, who a car guy is, and how he operates. So I don't know. I appreciate your message. Um, how am I doing on battery? Oh, so far, so good. Um, so yeah, let's see. Um, Noodles Extra MSG. $20. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That is so appreciated. Um, adulting sucks. Here's a bit for gas or a bit gas. Best of luck. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Truly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, gas over in my area, we're down to 361, uh, which is actually good for this area. So, uh, yeah, that's probably where that's going. Um, Curly, $10. Gonna miss her. Don't know if this was suggested already, but unironically, an EcoBoost Stang would be a true successor, in my opinion, in looks and power. Um, well, I very much appreciate your contribution, and I really like the suggestion. The only problem is, like, I mean, I've had Mustangs suggested before. Like, even earlier in past podcasts, like Brian has said, like, when it's time for Betty to go, give it her uh, an S197, the one true Mustang. But... I kind of want to get away from Mustangs. I kind of want to get away from Ford in general, just because I've driven it for so long that I've come to notice these things that really bother me. And I'm going to make a video about the things that bug me about Betty and why I'm moving on from Ford products for the time being. But it's an accumulation of issues that aren't necessarily unique to my Mustang, but that are... are they're just weighing on me, you know, and it plays into my anxiety because, you know, I've had generalized anxiety disorder since I was like 13 years old. I was diagnosed with it. Now, granted, it's not like I was put on medication right away. I was in therapy. I was talking to people for a lot of my teen years, but then it got to a point where I was not functioning. And, um, which is another reason why it's pretty much basically miraculous that I've been able to have the life that I, I've had because there was a while where I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't talking to people. I wasn't doing anything. And now suddenly, you know, I'm writing for this YouTube show with one of my best friends in the world and someone I look up to literally and well, okay, figuratively, but I'm traveling the world and I'm okay. I, I'm meeting people who are bigger names than I could ever hope to meet, and I'm okay. But then things shrink down, and I get down to the microscopic core of 
living something like a car itself. And suddenly I have the anxiety again, because I'm waiting for the worst to happen. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so what I'm working with now, my therapist now on is to recalibrate and reprogram my brain so that I don't necessarily catastrophize the way that I always do. And to accept the things that come my way and not immediately interrogate them as a reflection of my worth or whether or not I deserve these things. Um, because really you can be the kindest person in the world, but if you're not kind to yourself, it doesn't really matter. You know, um, <laughs> it's the Costanza. If you replace white Betty, uh, a white car named Betty white is a good idea. Um, or if you replace red Betty, sorry. Um, it's funny. Uh, Betty's name Part of it was Betty White, because I love the Golden Girls, um, but the other half of it was um, what my grandmother almost named my mother growing up. So, and, or, yeah, no, no. It was the name my mother wished she would have had. Um, and so, yeah, I just did that as a nod to my mom, because she's like, I love my mom. She's my best friend, and has been since I was a kid, but not in like a Norman Bates kind of way, just, you know. Um, Twisted Caravan, $5. Betty will live on as you will live on in a quality, reliable machine. We are but stewards for these machines until they start their next chapter. That is a beautiful sentiment. That really is. Um, the idea that we're sort of the custodians of, of, of a piece of machinery until it lives on or finds new life in its next, through its next owner. You know, I hope... I can't think of many things that would make me happier than to be able to sell Betty to somebody who is going to give her the life that I couldn't, you know, um, full work up, full everything and make her run like new again. Um, I know it's kind of a, a pipe dream, kind of a stretch, but I don't know. It's something, it's something um, to hope for. Is giving up the Mustang part of you feeling like growing up more? I'm holding on to a sports car, and as I get older, I look at it more as a symbol of hanging on to my youth. Um, yes and no, um, in the sense that growing up, I wanted a Mustang because it was the car that my mother and father had their first date in. So there was this romanticized notion of a Mustang, all the more amplified by the fact that my father died young. And so I didn't get to really know him. And so it's almost like communion, communing with my father through a car. Um, shit, I never thought of it that way. That like I'm replacing the lack of a father with a car. That's weird, right? <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Um, well, that's something to talk to about the therapist or talk about with the therapist. Um, but yes, uh, but the growing up part of it is recognizing that I have other adult responsibilities that I, that require my financial attention more than a car. And that while in a perfect world, I would be able to hold on to Betty forever until she literally stopped working. The reality is that I have other responsibilities and I have to 
do right by those responsibilities. I have to do right by me. I have to do right by the people I care about. And I can't, I, I just can't hold on to Betty forever uh, as much as I would like to. Um, I know I've skipped. I gotta say I've skipped somebody. Have I skipped anybody? Help me out in the, the chat if I have. Um, I'm sorry, I'm kind of like flying by the seat of my pants here. Val Cat, $10. Thank you so much. Um, and for the donation, thank you. Um, I saw a, a um, saw someone um, up above ask if um, how my nephew was taking the news because uh, if you follow me online, you know that uh, my nephew and I have this fun YouTube show that we do, which we haven't done in a bunch of months called Limited Time Roman, where we um, essentially review limited time only foods and we film every episode in Betty and he kind of views it as our studio. Um, and so I, I broke the news to him last Friday and he like, yes, he's disappointed, but he, he was very mature in taking it. Um, and one of the things that he wanted to do, and this is a picture that has shown up in some of my solo videos before, but there's a video or there's a photo that was literally the day after I got Betty. My nephew was maybe like seven, eight years old. And I had him take a picture of me like hugging Betty's hood with this like dopey grin on my face. And that kind of was my profile picture for a bit. And I just like shared it everywhere because I was so happy to have this car. And it was a perfect sunny day. Um, so on Friday, he wanted to recreate that picture with himself um real fart upcoming nice um and he wanted to create recreate that picture and so we did and it was very sweet like just seeing the the passage of time in that way uh but yeah um, uh the one kea um i've actually um like i know what kind of 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 auto loans i could potentially get but i i really don't want to do an auto loan um for for reasons that are that i'll, I'll just gonna keep to myself for now but um why is your oh let me see did i miss one from boris ts karloff oh there we go oh that's the one that i missed okay salute to that beautiful red chariot as it moves on to its next life also how is your nephew taking the news and yeah that's what what i was explaining is that yeah he it was rough but um i mean yeah i mean i've taken him to to empty parking lots with betty um infer of that what you will um to to just you know ride around and because it's important to me that like as he reaches learning permit age and that he's now old enough to be able to begin thinking about that next phase of his life where he finally gets to drive a car you know and he wants 
an SM95 Mustang because he loves his car arguably even more than I do. Um, but I'm like, here's the thing. If you're going to do that, be a, a great, excellent, amazing driver um, because you can't have a Mustang and just be out here. And I know that's weird to say that like a Mustang owner would be an amazing driver necessarily given the cliche of Mustang drivers, but I don't know. Um, I, 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 uh, I, I can proudly say that Betty has never been in an accident, not even so much as a fender bender, knock on wood, that it stays that way. Um, and yeah, I think I might've like, like hit a curb, but that's about it. Um, so yeah, um, let's see, but thank you, Boris T.S. Karloff for the five dollars i really appreciate it um it's matto 3099 thank you it's matto i can't wait for rcr australia and i can finally meet you oh that's what your message <laughs> your contribution to the world is worth so much more than the value of this super chat can't wait to meet you and brian in australia and get to know you both like you guys are going to get me <laughs> like emotional uh, if this because i mean i i we have like the sweetest nicest collection of fans viewers in the world and i can't wait for june to potentially see you guys um when brian and i go to the too many games festival in oaks pennsylvania um because we're thinking of doing a car meet there i don't know uh the exact details but it'd be more of a cars and coffee thing ideally and I know that's not really friendly to out of state people because to get there on time for a cars and coffee, you'd have to be up at like shit o'clock. Um, but I think um, it's very, just the idea of being able to like shake the hands of just some of the people, anybody who wants to, of people who allow me to live my dream because without you guys, like, I literally don't do it. Like, you're the reason. So, I mean, that would be, that would be so meaningful. Hmm. Why does your voice sound so unique? You could be a voice actor. Huh, I've never actually gotten that before. Um, I, uh, turn your volume or mic up. Let me see. Oh, there we go. Cool. Thank you for the heads up. Um, but yes uh i don't know never thought about voice acting um i i don't know i'm not a good actor like <laughs> i did theater in high school and in college and i don't think i was ever good um at any point but yeah uh excuse me burp uh would you dylan rice 499 would you guys ever review tuner cars um i think so I, I want to say we have, but I can't recall off the top of my head. But I think uh, it would be very fascinating to review some, uh, especially considering how much different they are from the quote-unquote regular cars that we have occasion to do. Um, we do have some pretty unique cars coming up on the horizon. Um, <clears throat> on the horizon. Um, in addition to uh, another RCR stories. I finished editing the audio for the new RCR stories tonight and it clocks in at one hour 51 minutes. So longer than the cursed cars, uh, RCR stories, 
shorter than the sob. Um, but I do want to do more RCR stories. Um, people who have seen past Roman and news, uh, know what the subject is. Um, and if you know, feel free to say in the comments, but I will say while it is the same subject, the scope widened to be the life and death of the organization that that person owned. Um, in part because the life and death of is more algorithm friendly than the tragedy of blank or the life and legacy of blank. Um, although if I can come up with another phrase that's like as algorithm friendly, that would fit it more. That's great too. But I'm really proud of this RCR story because I think it's, I don't want to say it's the most cinematic, uh, especially because this subject was literally turned into a movie in the 1980s. But it's a story that plays out in a way that's cinematic and that has nothing to do with me. It's just the facts as they happened, just happened to be very cinematic. And so I love this story and find it very interesting. And um, I've been wanting to tell it for years, but I don't know. I get, I get sidetracked. I get like a wild hair up my ass about like other potential outlets um, for discovery. Um, but yeah, let me see uh let's see <laughs> that exhaust won't pass inspection um uh, let's see did you guys ever review turn cars whatever um have you ever done any random trips with the mustang like just decided or plan to just go on a drive that's something i plan to do with my corvette one day once i sort out all the electric issues um kind of like a road trip for the sake of driving no real destination plan um sometimes yeah like early on when i had betty and I was used, I, I now had the freedom of a car that I didn't have to answer to anyone else for. Like, I'm not borrowing this. I'm not, I don't have to have it back by a certain time. Like, yeah, I would literally just go for drives all the time now. Or, or like I'd go to like some random place that when you don't have a car is like a million miles away. But once you have a car, it's right there. Like, um, King of Prussia mall or fucking, you know, uh, um, I'd go to like my sister's in Jersey and just like drop in for no reason. And, um, and that was kind of the freedom that I had. Uh, and yeah, it, it was nice. It was very nice to be able to have that freedom. Um, but yes, uh, when, where you post about this Oaks meetup in June? Um, we've only talked about it on the podcast. Um, so because we don't have an official date yet. And so we're kind of waiting to have like details and everything before we would potentially give that out. But I know that if you follow Brian on Twitter at regular cars, I believe is the Twitter handle, um, not regular car reviews, but just at regular cars, like the YouTube channel is that he'll eventually announce it there. And, um, and I, I'll probably announce it too at the Roman Nick. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the plan. Um, still think life and death of Saab should have been called a Saab story. <laughs> uh, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Um, let's see. I love the arts art story so much. That Jen Mustang is a piece of shit anyway. Eh, fair. Um, uh, Lancer Gallant. Oh, is it about a man whose first name is Preston? I don't know. I mean, I do know, so... Uh, but yeah what are your aaron crutchfield um 
Thank you for the five dollars. Any relation to the head unit people? Oh, another real fart. Um, your question: What are your must-haves and must-not-haves for your next car? Um, I would prefer to have something that is good in snow, um, or at least not as bad at, in the Mustang or as the Mustang in snow. Um, I would prefer something that has a more ride height. Um, just cause where I live now is just completely doing a number on my suspension. Um, I mean, not as bad as you would think, but I just know that over time that's going to be a thing. Um, and so, yeah, then, um, what else is there? There's, um, the thing is, is that must haves for me just basically boils down to it works and I don't have to worry about it. Like I don't have to spend all my time, you know, just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like that would be great if I just could have something I don't have to think about. Um, something that's affordable. <laughs> um, gas mileage would be great. Although I'm not holding out hope necessarily. Uh, I, it feels selfish to say that I, I would want something with character or something cool because really I don't need those things. Uh, I just need it to run. I could add character with RCR and Kunkelman Chevrolet bumper stickers. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wish I had a better answer. I, I mean, all things being equal, I would love to have a RAV4. Um, I know it's not realistic and it's not going to happen, but I would love to just get a used RAV4. That would be wonderful. Um, and I say it's not going to happen because, you know, even if I save the necessary three grand over the next three months, where am I going to get a RAV4 for three grand that isn't like 800,000 miles and at death's door? Um, and if I sell Betty, like who's going to give me any sort of money that's going to make up that difference, you know? Um, but I don't know what the future holds. And that's part of getting better. That's part of wellness is accepting uncertainty and being comfortable in the knowledge that you don't know, you know? Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, no relation to the stereo company. They don't give me a discount either. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Can I talk to you for a moment about our Lord and Savior, fourth gen Camry? Uh, I think Brian uh, spoke the good word about the Camry um, a little bit yesterday when we were writing. Um, Wookie drives. Would a RAV4 or a Subaru be the best bet? My man or woman. Um, somebody who or just completely <laughs> nailed the thing that I was going to talk about before I even... <laughs> uh got around to it um yeah thank you so much for the question and yeah i think like a rav4 or a subaru probably would be the best bet but it's a matter of finding the right one um i just i didn't realize over time how much it bothered me sitting low to the ground having that low entry point and exit point in the mustang um 
how often my door would scrape sidewalks when a passenger would come into the car uh, or how much it sucked not having room for things. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not a big deal. It shouldn't be a big deal, but it's one of those things that accumulate over time. And you look at other people and you're like, they have all this room. It's all so great for them. But then you look at what you have and you're kind of left wanting. You're like, this isn't, this isn't the life that I would like to be living. Did I cut myself self shaving last night or have I just developed a bump or something? I mean, I, adult acne basically runs in my family. Like I'm a mess of, actually my skin kind of looks all right for once. That doesn't really happen frequently. It's just my hair that's starting to go, which is fun. You know what? I'd like to think that I get to a point where I just have dignity to go, but I have a very awkward shaped head. Like my, I had to be a C-section because my head was too big. Um, yeah. <laughs> Why? Uh, but yeah, let's see. Oh, you answered the Rathbore question as I hit send. Oh, well, hey, it was still a good one. Um, let's see. If you're looking for reliability and something that doesn't have Toyota Honda tags, look at Mazdas. Um, yeah, my girlfriend had a Mazda CX-7 that lasted her over 215,000 miles. Uh, it was an insanely reliable car, uh, all things considered. Uh, and I say all things considered due to like the, the elements and everything. Um, but yeah, uh, so, uh, that's definitely something to look into. Um, Roman, I'm a buy an RX eight. Don't stop me, please. I mean, I can't, I, you know, you gotta live your life. You gotta live for you. You only get one of them. Um, one life as far as I know, you know, um, that's the thing. Like I talk about myself in this weirdly pejorative way, but I also realize that like one of the reasons that I fear death is not just because of the unknown or because it would hurt or because of the effect that it would have on the people who care about me, but just that like, even if there's reincarnation on the other side of it, I wouldn't get to be Nick Roman anymore. Like I wouldn't get to have the family that I have. I wouldn't get to have the friends that I have, the love that I have in my life. I wouldn't get to have the same likes and interests. And like, even if I got another life that was potentially better than this one, I would mourn this one. But it's like, if you're reincarnated, you're not going to know unless, you know, hypnosis or something. What am I talking about? Someone needs to like stop me at some point. Lancer Gallant, uh, might, maybe a fan of the channel might be interested in buying Betty once the video you talk about it drops. Um, I hope so. You know, you never know. Um, what about a CRV? Um, I hadn't really thought about it, but that's not a bad suggestion, honestly. I have to wonder what they're going for used. Uh, yeah. Ooh, oh, excuse me. Burp. This, my reflux acting up because I haven't eaten. Um, so I just have this fistful of pistachios mm. eating on mic and on camera somebody stop me i'm eating rubbish i'm eating rubbish and getting in the in the trouble um let's see 
Um, Wookie Drives, thank you so much for another another super chat. I get the ease of entry. I'm 6'3 and deliver mail in an R in a Saturn, in an RHD Saturn. The LLV and Metris are easier to get in out of, but bad knee like the car. Wow, I could not be imag imagine being that tall in general, much less being that tall and then doing that job in those kinds of like cars. Um, yeah, it's tough. Hmm. I suppose I'm lucky that I'm five eight. Um, in that five eight and a half, whatever. Um. In that I'm not really shut out of a bunch of different cars. Like even Brian, who's like five ten, maybe around there, like five ten and a half. Um. Some sometimes he runs into the height problem, where certain cars, like you know, they have his knees all the way up, like not up to his chest, but you know, and his head. Up, up near the roof line and it's just it's a whole extra amount of hassle um for the trade-off of being viewed as more desirable by society <laughs> um yeah crv with the four cylinder and the turbo has more than enough power to get you going um that's pretty cool uh ultimately i don't think power really matters to me um even though intellectually it should just because i want to be able to merge quickly um but then i don't know i look at other similar cars and realize that there isn't really a whole lot that i need um i uh oh this kind of ties into a story that i have from the weekend um because i was about to um get off of the highway and then merge on to like the other you know pa 78 or whatever and you know that is a an interstate that i always have anxiety about merging onto because people are just kind of flying by and i'm worried about the amount of room that i'm going to have in the gap and all that other stuff well it turns out like right before my exit there is a very major accident that happens that, you know, there but for the grace of God go I, because if I had left Brian's house three minutes earlier, or even like two minutes earlier, then, you know, I, I would have potentially been in a very nasty accident. But what happened was, um, so this van um, crashed into this pickup truck, like rear-ended it. Um, don't know who was at fault, not really my business, but the bumper, the front bumper of the, the van is completely gone. Uh, it was like a Ford work van, some kind of work van, um, front bumper completely gone, like the hood completely crumpled. Um, I don't, oh, why does the volume keep going down? Is it like an automatic thing? That's the second time someone has to turn up the volume, and I'm like, I thought it was all the way up, and then I go to turn it up, and there we go. Uh, but thank you for uh, letting me know about that. Um, but yeah, uh, the um, so the person crashes, and literally, it's so close that me and two other motorists are the first ones 
on scene because there's nobody else there yet. Um, and so we immediately pull over. I get out of my car um, and I start running over because all I see is like a wall of airbags that have been deployed. And um, there's like a hand sticking out, not, not, a, not sticking out. That makes it sound like it like fell off or anything, but like the, the woman, the driver is trying to like get her hand out to, you know, just, I don't know. Why does anybody do anything? But uh, I go over there and the other two motorists have beaten me there and why am I making it sound this way? I'm making it sound so dramatic when it's really not, but they get over there and they're talking with the woman and we're collectively trying to figure out like, what's the situation? Can she move? Can she do anything? And, um, she essentially mentions how like she's basically pinned in here. And so we run around the side of the vehicle and there's like a guy there and basically at no point in the past like two minutes or anything did we realize that there was actually a passenger and so and it's the husband and he's or i assume is the husband i don't actually know but he's he's okay it seems and he's able to essentially take over and i'm just standing there like a like an asshole who doesn't know um how to do anything uh because the this lady had already started calling 911 and so i'm like well okay i'm useless here now which is fine um but like my thought at the time was that okay there's fluid leaking from this and there's a lot of smoke coming out of like the front of the van so if there's something that we can do here we need to do it fast but then once i realized all the fluid was coolant and that i was only going to be in the way i just sort of went back to the car as the cops ended up coming out but then there was a guy an older gentleman who asked like, Hey, is someone called 911? And we're like, yes. And, um, later on when the police come, this old man is sort of walking across the highway where this all happened. And like an older cop, like really gets in his face, but in a weirdly passive aggressive way and says, Hey, you're kicking my evidence around. Uh, huh, I'm going to have to arrest you. And, and you think it's like, you think he's joking and then he just maintains this cold expression and you realize he's not. And so the old man backs away, but that was just such like the whole thing was so strange. And I just remember thinking like, please let these people be okay. Like that's all that I want is for these people to be okay. And eventually like, cause we were stuck there for like the better part of a half hour, which was surprisingly short considering the amount of debris scattered around the road. But, um, I mean, the woman was eventually freed from her position and I don't know, I didn't see any follow-up about it, but hopefully everyone was okay. Uh, but yeah, I think I uh, skipped somebody. I did. There we go. All right. Thank you for the heads up about accidentally skipping someone. Um, your own Nifdel, uh, $15. Sup, Nick. I can't send much because I'm also trying to replace my 30-year-old 300,000-mile beater. Wow. But here's an hour of my DoorDash work. You deserve it for all you've gotten me through. Para la raza. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that, especially considering that, like, that's very hard-earned money. And I, not that everybody else wasn't. Everybody, it's all your hard-earned money. Um, but just know that, like, I appreciate it so much that you guys are basically, like, 
you're sustaining me emotionally and in <laughs> every other way um i cannot begin to express to you how much that means or just how meaningful it all is um so let's see what else uh i think i'm gonna go for maybe like 10 more minutes just because my phone battery is starting to get low i'm like under 40 dollars or or not 40 dollars under 40 percent <laughs> uh, see money's on the mind um but yeah uh Oh, that's the kind of more I mean. What I mean is it has enough power to get you going when you need it, but for the most part, it's pretty smooth. Yeah, I would like that kind of uh, smoothness, um, that kind of certainty of acceleration. Uh, there's a car coming up in two weeks that Brian and I wrote yesterday that has that, that you wouldn't think it would, but it has this easygoing, like smooth acceleration. And turns you don't have to do a lot of like input really it's like finger one finger steering it's feather light you would never think about it um but yeah four motion 1.9 tdi become the god king of the pa dubbers almost endlessly tunable and economical vw build quality and fifth to sixth gen are practically bulletproof cheers from eastern europe well thank you so much for the question kurt um I uh, I don't know that I'm at the point where I necessarily want to be the the PA budger uh, or bu uh, PA dubber. Sorry, I was reading that next question as I was answering this one about did I increase the budget for my next car? Um, no, I haven't yet. I would like to. Part of me is considering um, just because part of the reason why this is time sensitive, right, is because Betty's inspection is due at the end of April, and I literally cannot afford if they come back and tell me that X, Y, and Z is wrong that to, to do anything about it. And then the, the, the odds of somebody um, buying a red Mustang that's past inspection, just in addition to having things wrong with it, plummet significantly. Now, granted, I don't actually know that anything is going to be wrong with her because the last checkup, they told me what was wrong, and but they mentioned how certain things about her are not immediately pressing. So, for example, I had to switch out the spark plugs, but I was also told that eventually the rear brakes are brake pads are going to need servicing. And I mean, that was something that I couldn't really afford to deal with right now. But I don't know that if I took her in for inspection in April, that that would be something I would have to deal with right then either. Like it would probably pass inspection or not probably, but possibly. And if it could, then I could let it ride and continue driving Betty for like another two or three months to maybe bring the the budget for the next car a little bit higher. Um and I know my mom would ha let me have unlimited use of her Explorer, but that's not like, I'm going to be 38. I, I don't want to have to rely on my mom's car. Um, but I understand that beggars can't be choosers. And also there's no shame in asking for help and there's no shame in accepting help. You know, like we got to, we got to destigmatize asking for help and accepting help because we're all just trying to get by here, right? We're all trying to be the best people that we can be. But 
within the parameters of what we know how to do. Um, wait, so is it the brakes or, or is the brakes the issue? Wait, thought it was like rust or misfire. Um, well, I mean, I did have a misfire and the whole thing, it was like, um, I, I could probably pull the reports, but I don't really feel like doing that. But it was a whole lot of like, uh, you know, spark plugs, coils, all sorts of things that when you factor in labor and all this other stuff, it was just really like expensive for me. It was expensive. Um, brake pads, I don't, part of it is mechanical literacy, not knowing what things are supposed to cost. I suppose, like all told, I'm not sure what it should cost to replace brake pads and rear brake pads. Uh, I think part of it is just the accumulation of anxieties surrounding um, surrounding the inevitability of it, you know? Because, like, I've had to take Betty into a sh one shop or other three to four times in the past year. And I, I I can't get to a point where I think I have my life in order and then have another check engine light. And I understand this is what life is. Life is stuff that you're not expecting. You're not anticipating, but I can't keep doing this. I just can't. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I wish I knew basic maintenance. <laughs> Start an OnlyFans 2023's answer to everything. Uh, I mean, I had a friend do an OnlyFans and she basically got like harassed out of doing it. And I I I don't know. Like you gotta have I don't know. That just seems like such a terrifying profession to me to do it. People imply that it's like all so easy, but realistically, if you're making the big bucks, then you're probably doing customs for people and customs that creates this weird parasocial relationship, even more parasitic than the average parasocial relationship. So I don't know. It's not great. Um, let's see. Prolapse. Did I say prolapse? I didn't mean to. Um, Yeah, it basically comes down to this, which is your priority, fun or essentially trouble-free. Unfortunately, you can't choose both, in which case I choose trouble-free, like 100% of the time, uh, because I get my kicks driving the cars that we get to review. I don't have to drive a, a fun car every day. I have to drive something that I don't have to worry about. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, could you pull strings and get Apple burn as your hen to give it a glance, to get an idea of the current state. Also RCR garage podcast. Where do you live? Maintenance. Um, what does your commute consist of? Um, my, well, I mean, my, cons my commute is a lot of like scenic driving, um, before getting onto a highway, but it's oddly gotten to a point where it's more scenic than highway. A lot of back roads. Um, I could do a, a version of that drive that's all highway, but it's longer by a significant margin. Um, and so, yeah, um, as for the uh, pulling strings, I mean, I don't know, like, 
I haven't thought about that. It's something to think about. Also, because I'm thinking of it from a content creator's perspective of like, I can get a video out of this. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe. Let's see. Uh, Toyota is worth the Toyota tax. It's not subjective that they are highly reliable. So in the long run, you will save money and hopefully won't be anxious about unexpected repairs. But at the same time, Toyotas are not usually fun. That's an interesting approach. Um, yeah, and I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's given me a lot to think about. I really do have a lot to think about here. Um, let's see. What kind of needs does your car need to fulfill? Yeah, it's back to the RCR hierarchy of needs. And for me, I just need it to run. I need it to work. I need it to not be something that I'm constantly worried about. You know? um, think about a new Civic or HRV, CRV. Um, those are good suggestions. I mean, someone earlier up the chat suggested a CRV, and I hadn't really thought about that before, but it's something to think about. Um, sorry, I keep coming back to something to think about, but I need it to be. I don't know. I think my perspicacity is failing me. That I just wiped my phone screen and created craziness. Um, Honda Element. Yeah, those are pricey. Um, Toyota Corolla. Yeah, that, I mean, that was the first thing he said to me. He's like, you know what I'm going to tell you, right? I'm like, yeah, Toyota Corolla. <laughs> but um, he actually, in looking around, it saw that like Camrys are actually the hot shit right now in terms of affordability. So I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah. All right, I'm five more minutes and then I'm going to wrap this up just because I really need to eat something because um, I like being alive. <laughs> uh, Toyotas will save in the long run, but it's not always easy to be able to pay the extra up front. That's a true story. Um, I disagree with the opinion on Toyotas aren't fun. My grandfather had a 2001 Toyota MR2 convertible, which he always loved driving me around in and sharing the sunlight and the drive. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it's to each his own, you know? Um, Accords and CRVs are brother cars. I wish I had the K24 those late 2000s models have. Yeah, it's legendary for a reason. Um, or am I thinking of the... Yeah, let's just say I am thinking of the right one. Uh, treat yourself to the new Lexus ES. Uh, I cannot afford that. <laughs> uh, eating is overrated, uh, probably. Um, also, as someone who had previously owned one, but... 2005 to 2012 Nissan Pathfinders are vastly underrated. Um, not fuel efficient, though. Uh, huh, that's something I never would have thought of, Nissan Pathfinder. I mean, what kind of build quality are we talking here? Is it something where, like, you know, chintzy sort of plastic stuff? Um, or are we talking, like, I don't know, decent? Um, I had a Celica that I thought was fun. Yeah, Celicas sound fun. Uh Suslin Mew, 199. Thank you so much. Uh, hi, Roman. Have you ever seen an aerial nomad anywhere? Um, I have not. Um, it's weird. Like the only aerial that I've seen in person was the aerial Adam we reviewed uh, for the one Christmas special. And uh, that was a remarkable car. Or, wait, or was it a Christmas special? Yeah, I think it was a Christmas special. But um that a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, <laughs> just, I had a lot of fun with that. And so I, I don't know offhand, uh, what the nomad looks like. I'm sure I've seen it before, but I just haven't like my brain isn't braining correctly. So I'm sure if I saw one, I'd never be able to forget that. 
So, yeah. Avoid CVT Pathfinder. Good advice. Avoid Alliance. So Nissan and Mitsubishi vehicles like the Plague. Um, hmm. Interesting. Do Nissan Pathfinders of that era have the same issue as the Nissan Frontiers that have the coolant mixing with, I believe, the transmission oil? Um, didn't realize that was an issue, but, oh, Nissan steel just crumbles to dust if your latitude is above Florida. Ooh, I'm getting good advice in here. Uh, yeah. Tacoma and Forerunner are fun. If Jeep had made me take them to court over a lemon, I totally was going to ditch my Wrangler Unlimited for a Forerunner. Uh, that is a valid totally valid um didn't goldie have rust issues um i want to say yes well i mean yes she did absolutely but i don't know how much of that was like st problems that goldie sort of came with that we weren't necessarily aware of because i don't know anybody who takes better care of cars they own than brian i don't think i've ever met anybody who spends that much time making sure everything is tip-top magoo uh, than Brian. Um, and so I would like to think that, you know, if rush rust issues began to present themselves, that that wasn't, wouldn't be something that he would take care of. But also I know that there's only so much you can do in the grand scheme of things to ameliorate those issues. Uh, so yeah. Um, all right. I, I think an hour and five minutes is good. Um, <laughs> return of Trent Falconrath when, um, when there's a good reason for him right now, I actually would love to do more like fake commercials and fake ads that we just throw in when Brian and I are writing and we're not feeling like particularly funny, but we need something to boost the comedy value and be replayable. But I don't want to keep going back to the Conkleman Chevrolet well. And um, I, we need a very specific kind of car to do Rinaldi and Klein. So I was thinking like other fake businesses, fake that I could come up with that are kind of like, you know, down to earth funeral and cremation services or boyfriend hand where it's like a glove that your girlfriend can you know, hold on to that is warm, like your hand, like just weird stuff like that, that makes no sense. But, um, an entire episode of fake ads could be interesting. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite bits that I ever got to do for RCR, and it was kind of a spontaneous idea that I had that I wasn't even sure Brian was going to go for was the fake, um, COVID ad. Well, like the fake ad where it's all the corporate that corporate, like we care about you ads um, when the pandemic first happened and you had all these brands talking about how they care. And like we did one of those for Conkleman Chevrolet, but it was for the Lincoln Mark something offhand. It was our buddy Dominic's car. Um, shout out to Dominic. He's one of the most interesting car owners I think we've ever had on the show. Um Let's see. Would you consider doing a stream where people in the chat share any car stories that they have? I have a lot on my hand and I'd love to hear other stories as well. Um, I see no reason not to, you know, and I think people would enjoy that kind of doing like an impromptu live Vin wiki. Um, I wouldn't know how to make that work other than to do like a Twitter spaces. Um, yeah. Cause we don't really have it. 
the ability to do a call-in show. Um, and we hardly have any way of vetting things. Like the, the stories would have to be told in the chat and then we would read the stories as if we were telling them. Huh, maybe. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for me. I really appreciate you guys hanging out. Um, I really appreciate all the contributions in the chat, the super chats. Um, oh, Kellen, the official data. Data. Um, for the next car, enjoy the chase, $4.99. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It really means so much to me. Um, I... I wish I can't, I wish I could express what this all means to me. I know that I'm not always great with words, but you guys have always been really cool to me and I appreciate it so much. So I'm going to wrap up here, go have myself some dinner. Um, and yeah, thank you. I am going to post this to our podcast feed, hopefully tomorrow. It depends on how this actually ends up sounding on youtube so i guess we're gonna see but thank you to everyone who came and uh chilled here thank you to everyone who donated thank you for watching every monday and watching all the videos and sharing and liking supporting subscribing thank you so much none of this happens without you you guys are the only reason that we are able to do this at the level we've been able to and uh, we hope to continue doing it and so thank you for allowing us to exist as a much larger channel than we actually are through Patreon, through your support, and through these super chats. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope to do another one of these at some point in the future. And But until then, um, have a great night, everybody. And thank you again for hanging out. All right, take care.